G'day, welcome to the Offsiders Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Offsiders Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Cheers, guys. How's it, everyone? Welcome back to Offsiders Podcast. You are listening to episode 18. So we'll be covering the first midweek fixtures of the Premier League season so far. So this is obviously the beginning of December. December is a, is, is, is a crazy time, so do expect double uploads um, for covering game weeks like this. But yeah, we're going to get straight into it with Luke. A blockbuster clash this for this midweek. Two, you say two giants for the football game who've kind of tapered off in the past couple of years. But both kind of making a resurgence, especially Arsenal this season, who have been on really good form. Only blip on the radar is probably the game against Liverpool, but you can't really... No one's really up to Liverpool. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not shameful to lose, to lose like that. Yeah, we've, seen the, we've seen their last couple of scores. I mean, they're scoring high above three goals. At, yeah, three, four, three, four goals a game. Yeah. And obviously, it'll, it'll take time for the rest of the top teams to reach levels like that. But nevertheless, a very, I would say, almost even head-to-head clash. Maybe favourite Arsenal a little bit more just because on form. But on the other hand, with... You know, Carrick coming out and saying this was his last game as the interim manager and big boy Ralph up in the stands watching the game. United players were looking to impress the yeah, new manager. I'm sure they so, a new feeling of like yeah. life in the new, new, new beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Roddy, we spoke before the game saying that you weren't sure about this game. Yeah, I don't know. I just, especially with Arsenal, I think mm-hmm. our record in the past few seasons is we absolutely suck ass against big six. I, I can't, like, I mean... Barring, barring Arteta's first season, I think we really, really, really struggled against against Big Six opposition. You know, we beat City once, we beat Liverpool once, but I mean, we played them four times, five times in, in, in that time. We do do a little bit better against United mm. traditionally, well, recently, um, but I don't know, I just, I just had a, it's an odd feeling. Um, mm. Yeah, so. And that, that, that uneasy, odd feeling kind of almost showed in the game because... You didn't know who it was going to go to. And watching the game, it looked very equal. Both teams win possession back high up the pitch, counter-attacking, getting chances, and putting chances away. I mean, it was 1-1 at half-time with that first goal from Emil Smith-Rowe being probably one of the weirdest goals of the season. For sure. With, it was, a, it was a coming from a corner, then Arsenal attacking corner, then Fred... The fantastic player that he is <laughs> goes and crunches uh, David De Gea's foot, and then De Gea's rolling around the floor, not literally facing into his goals, and just falls perfect for Smith Rowe, who honestly fantastic shot puts it bottom corner, and then spent like five minutes at VAR, like whether or not was a goal, was it not a goal, when did he blow the whistle, just an absolute mess. But in in the the VAR, it was a goal, no doubt, it was a goal. And honestly, that first probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes, Arsenal were the more dominant team, for sure. And just before half-time, United were getting chances, growing more into the game, and then getting a goal back from the 44th minute from Bruno Fernandes. Arsenal had the ball in their half, and I think it was on the right, the right side of the pitch, who, close, close to the goal, just lost out the ball, trying to move it maybe too quickly forward. And ball comes into the box and two towards Fred and Fred plays a lovely little cutback pass to Bruno who slots it in. I think Ramsdale does get a, a touch to it, yeah, but just, yeah, just, just, just not enough. Then obviously one one half time. At this point, game could go anywhere. I think I think saying that, the you you often see a, a trend where teams who score at half time or right before half time have a monumental mm. advantage going to yeah. half. I think that's yeah. a change in mentality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially if you especially if you if you back if you if you're down one you equalize yeah. or yeah. you get one back down yeah. two 0 yeah. you, you often of, see. Yeah, it gives a lot of hope mm. yeah. that they can, you know, now make a difference. Exactly. So I think, I think that didn't 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 do any didn't do United any harm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like I can imagine conceding a goal that we right at the end of end of a half yeah. that must hit you hit your Confidence a bit hard, yeah. Because you don't really have any time to 
come back in the first half. It's literally just game stops, all, all flow stops. Now you have to restart that half. Yeah, completely restarted. And then second half comes around and pretty much almost an exact same goal, just a copy-paste to the outside of the pitch, where Arsenal lose possession on, on the left-hand side. Devara is supposed to be defending, but made an early run for the counter-attack, but then obviously Arsenal got caught out. Delo plays a lovely little through ball to Rashford, Rashford another cutback, and then course Ronaldo's there, what's it, 800 goals now? 800, yeah. yeah. 800 ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Slots it into the bottom corner, and now we have a game. Yeah. Because now, <laughs> you know, I've come back trailing to come now, leading the game 2-1. And then not not even two minutes later. A good spring from Arsenal. What, what what you want to see from a from a, a team that's that's just gone down, that that far to just yeah. come back and just push instantly. It shows that they're not they're not just kind of you know taking it and going mm. oh gosh yeah that's yeah. that's really shows yeah. you know and like, you know, do something about it. And I, I think that's that's probably one of the times that teams are more likely to concede. It's like conceded a goal. It's like oh, we 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 all, we all play like play sports like after you see you score a goal or whatever. You kind of like let let down go down a gear a bit. Yeah. Like you kind of let, let off let off the gas, not concentrating as much on your defending. It's like we're winning now, and I think that's that's what happened to United. And also beautiful little cutback pass to Odegaard, who wasn't the best of shots, but honestly, it didn't have Did to be. Did the job. Yeah. It just cruised nice right into the bottom corner, <clears throat> out of the reach of De Gea. Now two two, and at at this point, I think Arsenal. United were creating more chances, but actually watching the game, it didn't seem like that. It seemed very back back to forth. And then Arsenal's saviour to bring it back becomes the villain, unfortunately, and gives away a pen, takes out Fred in the box. At first, it wasn't called as a pen. Which, think, was, which was ridiculous. I, yeah. You know, I, I kind of understand why, and the only reason I say this is because when I first initially saw it, right, for some reason, I thought he had gotten the ball with a, like a kind of scissor tackle, yeah. um, and I thought, oh, that's not a penalty. But as soon as you slow it down, you can see clearly that I mean, he's nowhere near the ball. He comes from behind Fred, yeah. and it was totally unnecessary. We spoke about it earlier on how he, he didn't need to do yeah. this. Um, you were Odegaard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and because you know, in the box, you had one United player. Four other Arsenal players, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's not to take away from Fred's capabilities, but he was in a tough position. The likeliness of him pulling something magical yeah. off were, were not extremely high. Yeah. 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 So then, obviously, it was eventually given as a pen after a little quick VAR check, and of course, your big boy Ronnie had to step up and just simple straight down the middle, eight hundred one goals now. Yeah. And Arsenal, I think, towards the end of the game. Arsenal were definitely picked up again. We're very close to coming back. It was un- un- honestly a game probably should have ended three three. There were chances that both teams created. Would have been more of a deserved result. But United managed to hold up. Some good saves from De Gea kept United in the game. And just some players to to touch on who had some impacts on the game. Uh, you know, fullback pairing of Alex Taylor's and Delo. Looking nice. Yeah, looking really de- good. De- definitely fine for that that first team spot, especially especially now with uh, having a look at like Ragnik's tactics. Very very much a high pressing attacking team, which heavily involves the fullbacks. And listen, probably Luke Shaw has been great going forward, puts in some good crosses. But I think Tellez is just a better attacker, mm. and so is Deleu. And listen, even even during that match, Deleu was. Put in the defensive work as well. Oh, yeah, that, sure. that being said, I think I think Tellez put in a really uh, mature yeah, defensive yeah. performance. Yeah, I thought he was probably one of the best players on the pitch that game. In terms, simply in terms of like he was putting in some crunching, really mm. well-timed mm. tackles. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, and, and what I love about Tellez and Delo is that they 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 crosses into the box or across the field. They they are ninety or it feels like ninety five percent of the time. Mm. Accurate and strong crosses yeah. and tall crosses. Yeah. They feel dangerous. Yeah, they feel yeah. dangerous. Like 
I, I love I love Juan Bissaka, but he would often <laughs> I felt like eighty percent of the time he's it, it, was a, yeah. it was a it was a it's trying to whipping in the box, but it would often hit the player, the defender, or go um, out, or go yeah. up, something like that. You know, with these strong crosses that they're putting in, this is putting a lot more pressure on the the defense of the opposing they're, team. They're almost more they're almost more like wingers, Delo and Tellers. Yeah, yeah. especially Delo. He's I, I see I see him more as a was a wing back. Both of them are more as wing backs than actual left backs and right yeah, backs. Yeah, 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 sure. And it shows because the amount of overlapping runs that they make. And honestly, now probably pushing out Luke Shaw and Wan-Bissaka out of that first team slot. I think especially after the performances that Wan-Bissaka, mm-hmm. especially Wan-Bissaka's had. Because, I mean, we criticised him week in and week out about how, how yeah, bad yeah. he's been doing. Unfortunately, because... Yeah, so... I think he... I think it's, it's a needed rest... And like need competition, a, you need a competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He needs to. He needs to be able to collect his mind and, and have the time to realize that, you know, he has got to play for this position. Yes, he can't yes, slack yeah. off. Yeah. And from the Arsenal point of view, uh, Aubameyang, who <sighs> just he, he wasn't at the races today at the during the match. Just I think he had, he had a couple of shots, but nothing really threatening. Just. He seemed confused. Yeah, like, but but slow, slow, just off the pace. Yeah. I don't know what. Listen, brought it. Saka, Saka also came on as a sub, and he looked threatening right away. Yeah, but I think mean, he, he just didn't have enough time to make an impact as well. Like is it too? Like is it? Yeah, he came on for Aubameyang, and also same story. It was just like I don't know. It was weird. I think for me, Aubameyang looked like he was concussed. Mm. You know, he looked dazed. You know, mm. he looked like he wasn't really all in. I don't know. Just very, very mm. odd performance. Uh, yeah. Maybe he was still shaking about that that goal line miss that he made. <laughs> <laughs> Living in his mind. Yeah. Oh, dear. Enley Day. Yeah. Good win from United, but also a good performance from Arsenal. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, a lucky win. All right, moving on to our next match of the of the midweek fixtures, Matteo. We have Spurs versus Brentford. So coming into the game, I mean, you don't expect much. Um, although Spurs are doing much better than Brentford in terms of their positioning in the table, uh, both of the teams have the exact same scores or results um, in their past five games. They both had, I think it was two wins, two losses and one draw. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with that information, you're really thinking, although Tottenham essentially should do better, um, they've currently got an, an exact form um, within the team. So, this, this really set the, the tone for the game, I'd say. I mean, you, you always have... Uh, there's one thing that I admire about the Tottenham squad, and it's Sun's pace. That man, he, yeah. is, he is a hard worker, and he is just able to gas it at any point of the game whether it be in the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes, he's always gassing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think Luke made a good point earlier where he he was like, Son is surprisingly quick. Yeah. And he can do both really well. Yeah, exactly. Like he, can, yeah. he, he has that close control really, really down. Yeah, or he's absolutely gas. So Tottenham were the ones to open the scoring uh, within the first 15 minutes of the game. Um, you had a cross into the Brentford... Uh, box and it looked like it came off Davies's head which would have been quite cool seeing as he's a center back um left back even left back yeah, yeah makeshift center back so he i mean it would have been cool for him to come off uh, with a goal but unfortunately it was taken as an own goal a little, know, a little bit ah, you know it, it basically bounces off the Brentford um Defender. defender's head but i don't understand because yeah uh, anyways so that that's that started off the game, and I mean, really until the forty fifth minute, you didn't have much happening. Um, again, it was it was mostly the Hotspur team pushing against Brentford, but coming up with nothing special, just lacking that extra finesse and that extra, um, you know, oomph that they need to to really get ahead. Then you have your halftime whistle, and again, nothing's happened yet. Um, and then the second game start at the second half of the game starts with. Again, another bit of a quiet, quiet start. Nothing really happening. You've got uh, Hotspurs who's pushing but doing nothing special to to get them ahead. Um, 
you have a couple of passes from the, the, the Hotspurs team, which you don't see them do often. And, and there was these thread passes, which are coming from sort of the middle right-hand side of the field and, and needle, needle threading it through the defense um, onto the left-hand side, where you have Son often running, Son or Regulon often running down the left-hand side and picking up that ball and bringing it in. And at the 64th minute, you had a, a brilliant um, duo with Regulon and Son, where Regulon gets on the left, brings it all the way into the, the box and, and where a lot of players would shoot often because they're not not looking up, not keeping in touch with the rest of the team. Um, he, he decides to pass across and, I mean, open goals for Son and he slots it. I think what also should be pointed out there is, is Kane's involvement in that goal. Um, like you, like Matteo said, the, 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 the through passes were coming in thick and fast for, for Tottenham at that point. Yeah. Um, and they really, they, they upped the tempo in the second half and Kane was doing typical Kane things, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't spearheading the tech, he was rather dropping off and pass a beautiful through ball mm. yeah. into, into Region and then just, you, you, I mean, Region, with Region going full, full tilt with, with Sun, you, there's no way you're keeping up with right. that, you know, yeah, especially sure. when he's got a head start. Um, so yeah, Kane, Kane, I don't know, not impressive, but, but yeah. also impressive at the same time. No, for sure. Someone who did have a pretty decent game, um, having two shots at the goals, was Hoiberg. Um, putting in the effort throughout the game, but unfortunately, again, lacking that, that, that extra finesse that needs to, to score a goal. I mean, I know that one of his shots were taken right at the left-hand side of the touchline. Um, he, he, had a, he, he had an opportunity to score. Um, a, a tight angle, but, but nonetheless, I think... I think someone of his um, grade of football, he should be slotting that in. Unfortunately, he didn't. But he did get man of the match with a, with a good rating, seeing as he did put in the effort. And yeah, that's about it for the Spurs and Brentford game. Nothing too exciting, but Tottenham definitely putting in the work um, to get those two goals and setting them up nicely. I think a, a routine win for, for Tottenham, you would have expected them to... to, to down at um, Brentford. Um, but at the same time, Brentford, you just never know. So, yeah, I think an intriguing matchup, but the the right team won. For sure. Um, and then just, I think my, my personal man of the match was probably actually Fernandes, the, the, the Brentford. Keeper. The keeper, yeah. I mean, he put in some good saves um, and definitely, I think, kept, kept, kept Brentford in the game for a lot longer than they, they would have been. So it's also big from him, fair. seeing as he's, he's their second choice, and yeah, with, with exactly. their, their first choice keep being out. I think we can see that the championship problem with teams coming up with the squad squad depth and that, and lacking quality like through the bench now because we get into like the the meat and potatoes of the season where lots of games players are going to get tired, players are going to get injured, and this is where your your bench comes and comes to play. And yeah, having quality sure. there definitely helps and. I think it's just Brentford have they started very well in the in the season, getting putting some big performance against some of the big teams, and unfortunately now you can see a bit of a, a dip coming now, even against this, this Tottenham side who aren't so convincing, but they have that depth, mm, and yeah. and I think that's just showing now. Yeah. But that being said, they're, they're probably one of in terms of depth, they're probably doing better than most oh, yeah. Championship side. I mean, speak. Yeah, I mean, sp- speaking of their, their second choice keeper, who's who's who made our team of the week last week, putting in performances this week. I mean, it's 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 good to see, but at yeah. the same time, it's just unfortunate because yeah, you have to play. Eventually, you have to end up playing players out of position, and it just becomes a bit of a mess. Okay, so moving on to our third game of the week, uh, the midweek fixtures, we have Watford and Chelsea. So, speaking about routine wins and, and the right one are coming out of the game, I don't know about this one. I think, I think Chelsea were, were, were deep, in, deep in shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. Um, they, they, they had it tough for this one. Watford really, really gave them a run. And first things first, it's lovely to see Watford um, bouncing back from such a, such a bad start. I mean, they were in the relegation zone at some point. And now they really are winning games. They're, they're putting teams under pressure. And then with the, the, there was a, a press conference with Ranieri. And they were kind of, they kind of criticized his performance and so on. And he basically made a really good point. Like, 
he's held his own against against some of the bigger teams. You know, he hasn't crumbled, and unfortunately, he might not have gotten them across the, over the line, but he's still he, he's getting them pretty close. Um, and uh, this was the exact same case with with a, only a two one win to Chelsea, and I think two one is probably like I said previously, is not a fair reflection of the game. Um, so the first point are. The first thing which should be pointed out um, is Mount's return. I think, um, and again, touching on, on squad depth, I think when, you, when you're taking out Chilwell, who gets injured, and you're replacing with Alonso, you, I mean, you can't complain. You're putting in Mount there, you're putting in um, Havertz instead of, instead of Lukaku or um, Werner. Like, uh, it's... it's you're smiling. Yeah. I mean, there, there is. It, you make it tough. You make it tough for yourself to lose. You know. Um, so I think they are blessed in terms of in terms of being able to hold themselves even through injury crises and so on. And this is this is this is no exception. Mount, personally, I know with some of the other boys, we don't really rate Mount. I think he. He benefits from being in a really, really good team. Yeah, um, I think I think also it's also one thing is English. Yes, and English players are always yeah. overhyped. Yeah. So and and, and I think, um, like, he he's smart. I don't think he's comp- I don't think he's incredibly gifted. I think he's just very, very smart with his positioning and that sort of stuff. And that being said, he gets results. He gets goals. He gets performances. So if you're measuring if you're measuring um, the greatness by that, then yes, he's definitely a fantastic player. And we saw that with him uh, getting the opening goal, and it was a good. I I don't think it was a good Mount goal. I think it was a good Chelsea goal. Mm. They moved the ball incredibly well down the down the left hand side. Alonso crosses it back in to Havertz. Havertz again. Speaking about unselfishness, in the previous games, Havertz does exactly that. He 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 takes a second. Instead of being rash with the ball, he takes a second, sees the options, and decides to pass to to Mount, who does bury the goal, but almost stuffs it up. I mean, he hits it, hits it basically straight at the keeper. The keeper does get a hand to it, um, but it does eventually end up in the back of the net. Um, and th- there was there was flurries of Chelsea pressure, but then they were also quite wasteful with the ball, and I think that showed with their their them conceding the the first Watford goal. Where they were they were loose in possession, Dennis gets the ball out on the right hand side, and this boy, my goodness, what what an absolute champion! Level headed, hey! And first of all, his gas. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was blisteringly fast. Runs down the left hand side, receives the ball. Sorry, runs down the right hand side, receives the ball out wide. He he doesn't even need to beat the players. He doesn't need to get past them. He simply keeps the ball away from them. From from I think it was at least three or four Chelsea defenders. Yeah, Rudiger was there. Like, I mean, yeah, all, all of Chelsea's yeah. de- defense was standing in front of him, thinking it was going to be a routine tackle. He takes his time, looks for the spot, places the ball perfectly. It did take a slight bounce off, off one of the defenders' foot, Rudiger, feet, yeah. Rudiger's foot, but I don't think that that impacted his right. the the the, the, yeah. the integrity yeah. of yeah. of how good his shot was, and it just slides past me into the bottom corner, and they f- fully fully deserved the the one one. Scoreline at half time, and like we said previously, the often the the momentum carries with the team who's who who scores just closer to half time, and to a certain extent that was that was that was quite true. I think there was even more Watford pressure in the second half. Them constantly pushing um, uh, João Pedro, getting some some really really good chances. Unfortunate to not to not bury one, um, but then in a blink of the eye, we had uh, Chelsea coming back. And Ziyech absolutely spanking it into the into the top of the goal, um, and again it just comes down to to good players at the right times, right places, and just quality. You know, I think Chelsea were able to keep their keep their head down, um, take a battering from Watford, who probably deserved a point, not probably definitely deserved points. Yeah. But again, that's just that's the difference between big teams and and mid table clubs. It's the big teams will ground out wins. Um, Whereas the smaller clubs just just can't get over the line, so I think positives for for Watford fans. I think it, they they definitely have stuff to look forward to. Chelsea, 
looking a little bit ragged. But yeah. I, don't know, I think they could they the could last slip. Cu- the last couple of games have been a little bit shaky. Yeah, yeah, I think I think starting with United again. The, the injuries haven't been haven't helped them whatsoever. Mm. I think they they're definitely starting as a second choice eleven. Yeah. yeah. Um, but either way, I think they could see themselves slipping down the table quite soon. But. Uh, Okay, moving on to our next game, Luki. Okay, the Aston Villa City game, a very entertaining game, especially with uh, Stevie G coming back, facing a, I'd say his first big test of the season. Yeah. And honestly, Aston Villa, since he came in, they've been picking up the pace. They've been looking really good, really good in the counter attack, especially. And it's always going to be a tough game coming against City. And they came to their best. Unfortunately, they did end up losing 2-1. Aston Villa had, had plenty of chances. And a couple of ones that they should have put away, but it was an all typical City performance where dominate possession, dominate the game. And started off, game started 27th minute with, I think it was a Sterling Cross who just fell to Ruben Diaz of everyone on like edge of the box. Yeah. And just absolutely thumps one in bottom corner, and it very very much like a a, a CDN's type of goal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that <laughs> long, the long shot outside of the box. Put his head down, put his head through it. Okay, he didn't. It wasn't going for anything but power. But yeah, City definitely dominated that the whole whole of the first half, as you almost would expect them to, because they always come out the gate wanting to hold on to the ball, get their nice little tiki taka passes going. And the domination didn't stop there after that first goal. 43rd minute, another another goal came from Bernardo Silva, who honestly probably one of the goals goals of the season. Sure. It was Gabriel Jesus up down that right hand side, just whips the whips the ball in on the counter attack, and wide open space. Honestly, any other player probably would have taken a touch, brought it down, looked up. But no, Bernardo Silva literally, I think it was left boot, just swings through it first time. Absolute gorgeous goal. And I mean, he gets nothing but the ball there. Right. He just absolutely Perfect. muddles it. Just laces. Yeah. No, no one's stopping that. And I said it when we were going over the games about how I think Bernardo Silva is probably the second best player in the league right now. 100%. If not, maybe contending Silva for that first spot. Yeah. And after that, Half time came, not too much happened. City still keeping the ball, Aston Villa holding on, half time 2 0. Then, obviously, Gerard gave somehow a speech <laughs> at half time. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, one of those two call S half time speeches, just proper moti- mo- motivating the players. Aston Villa come out, not even three minutes, two minutes into the second half. It uh, came from a, an Aston Villa corner where Whips it in, and Ollie Watkins just first times a little side boot. I think it went near a post, and you 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 could see just it was almost the plan to just come out far and try mm-hmm. and give everything they got, and they got that first goal, and it almost looked like they they could have come on the comeback, but then unfortunately again squad death. So the substitutes coming for City, it's it's basically they bring on a first team player for a first team player. Yeah. If not bringing on even better players, <laughs> and. I think that that just leap in quality really just saw the difference in that game, and listen, Aston Villa still held out, and only it still ended only two one. City could have had more. Aston Villa could have scored, but both teams a good game. City still showing that they're in this title race, still dominating smaller teams, and yeah, a good game in the end. I think City definitely, like you're saying, with the, I think if they hadn't had such such an intensely good bench yeah i think they would not have they wouldn't have survived that because yeah. they even with even with their, their 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 best best players on the field they really survived with the skin by the skin of their teeth i mean there was some there were some chances that were just shockingly missed by some villa Okay, and to finish off our week, we have the Merseyside derby. I think very anticipated by by most people, simply because, in my opinion at least, I don't know if, if, if that opinion is shared, but to me this is a good Everton side. You know, they, the yeah, players they, they have on the team, they have big names. They have potential to be really, really good. 
However, <laughs> that wasn't the team that showed up on the day. Um, but also, I mean, that being said, it, it is just typical 21-22 Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, they are just thumping absolutely everyone in their auntie, you know. So, another four goals. I, I, I'm, I've lost count how many times they've scored four goals in a game this season. Yeah. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it was it was a 4-1 win for, for Liverpool. The difference here is that Liverpool conceding for the first time in a long time. I've had lots of 4-0s, 4-0s, 3-0s, 4-0s, you know. But Everton making a difference and, and actually being able to grab one back here. But the dominance was, was you can't even argue it. I mean, it was entirely and, and completely in Liverpool's favour. I think they, they outgunned Everton inch for inch for pace. They were just significantly faster than them in every part of the pitch. They were a lot, a lot more crisp in their passing, a lot more crisp in their pressing. The Everton players, they almost seemed timid. They almost seemed frightened. They were at they were at Goodison Park yeah. with a home crowd looking like they're they're playing away at Anfield to a full cop, you know? Like it just it was sad. It was sad to watch almost. Yeah. Because they really just rolled over and, and accepted it at some I point. Think- from my perspective, the only team who was able—I mean, the only team player who was able to really say that they they gave it their all was definitely Damari Gray. He was fantastic. He was he, he was shift, yeah. oh, the the entire game, and I mean, we saw what he did for Everton in the first half and how he was able to get them to a point where you could have said, you know, Everton might what might get back get this back. back yeah. yeah, I think. Gray was was beautiful. I think he was he put an absolute shift. Like like Luke says, he was just everywhere on the pitch. He was left side, right side, centre. He was dropping back. He was making runs, and he was he was hassling the Liverpool defense, which which is not something you see often. Not something we've seen often this season, at least. Um, and he he definitely got a well deserved well deserved goal right before half time. Um, and again, like Mateo says, I think there was there was a massive flurry of Liverpool dominance right in the beginning of the half with Jordan Henderson putting in an absolute beautiful finish. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like, just, it was unsavable. I mean, it was curling outside the left-hand post, came in off the side and it's rolled in the back, yeah. which is which is not very Jordan Henderson-esque. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah, we, don't see, we don't see Definitely him scoring goals often. Best goal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Score. For sure. I mean, he, yeah. he does only really seem to score bangers, but that one was, was undeniably beautiful. Um, and then, talking about undeniably beautiful, Mohamed Salah, with a beautiful counter-attack. He was just smart as well, you know. I think, and we, we said it however many times this season already, but he doesn't score simple goals. No. Yeah. Earlier, right before this chance, he missed, it was actually right in the beginning of the game, he missed an, what was what seemed to be a very simple a simple finish where coming over his left shoulder, all he needed to do was put his head through it, put his foot through it, and it was fine. But he tries to do some fancy scissor kick yeah. and he overhits it and goes straight over the bar. So, I think... <clears throat> put put Salah in a, in a difficult situation and you've got yourself a goal. Yeah. Put him mm. put him with a, with an easy finish and and you might be asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Um. But not, nevertheless, still finished it past Henderson with a with a lovely lovely curling ball into the left from the right hand side of the goal all the way to the left side netting. Uh, deserved two 0 and then like we said, Damari Gray with a, with an only really really like composed goal because I mean yeah. it was. Uh, Richarlison stealing back position in the midfield more uh, to, towards the, the Liverpool box. Alexander-Arnold completely out of position. He was yards away from, from Gray. That being said, he did track back really, really quickly. Almost yeah, got did. the tackle. But Gray with Alisson running, at the, Arnold coming from his left-hand side, Alisson coming from in front of him, took his time, placed the ball, just, 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 just enough time underneath Alisson and 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 finished it off. Mm-hmm. So half-time, it's definitely looking like, like a... Much more of a game. That being said, I think Rafa Benitez got some kind of translation lost in the, in the halftime team talk, or, or or Klopp really gave them a bit of a clap. But uh, it was it was all of a poor second half. I mean, it was you barely even saw a shout of of Everton from there. Um, Salah with a, another really 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 good goal. Um, just just keeping up his 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 tally for the season. What's he on? Okay. 16, 17 now. He's he's yeah. he's unstoppable at this point. I think he's no one can catch him. Um, and then another another thing to point out is Andrew Robertson, who he's on thirteen. Sorry, Salah's on thirteen goals. Um, is Andy Robertson, who who didn't have a really good start. He was yeah. plagued by injury, 
Tsumitsuka's coming in and covering from really, really well. But it's undeniable that he is he is the best, their, their best left back. Um, and he showed that with the, with, with the double assist um, in, in this game. And yeah, I think it was just... There was no one. There's no one stepping up in the in the Everton side. When Demar Gray did step up, he, he looked really good, but then he kind of fell off. And I think Liverpool closed him down a lot better. And finally, right at the end, well, not closest to the end, um, Jota, also in impeccable form lately, finished off the game with with also an argument, yeah. really, really well worked yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Receiving it in that box, turning the plan. And then like it was just it was it was expert. Yeah. I mean Robertson feeding the ball to him and he, he his first touch was silky. Just oh, his first took him all the way around the defender, yeah. and then that's this is this is this is a team of forwards who is ultimately confident mm. because again what player is going to see a, see a, a thirty five degree angle and decide oh yeah I can this bang this shoot, yeah. I can bang this top corner which he does you know so you back yourself you score goals um, so yeah really really good performance from Liverpool. Another four goals, another three points, and they're, they're pushing. They're pushing really, really hard. Yeah. I think it was a. Regardless of the fact that Liverpool won 4 1, I still enjoyed the, the, the cutthroat football that occurred during the, the game. You mm. know, you, you're, you're at Everton Stadium, and I think that's giving Everton a big boost in their confidence. And you saw it. There were, there were yellow cards, there was tussling, you know, it was a really. Really head-to-head game. Um, seven yellow cards. Seven actually. yellow cards. So it's you know it's 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 always good to see good football. Um, and I'm not saying Everton <coughs> played great football, but you could see that to a certain extent they they, they were there to try to help um, convince their fans that they should be supporting Everton. It was it was a derby game for yeah. sure. Yeah. It was definitely a derby game. Okay, so now, to finish off the episode, as usual, as tradition, we are going to do our Team of the Week. So, starting off with goalkeeper, we have the Wolves goalkeeper, Jose Sarr. Um, I think Wolves are definitely an up recently. They, they found themselves in a really good position. Um, they, they've, they've found some, some good form under the new manager. And they're just, they're just stringing results together, I think. They struggled in the beginning, but now they've they've really put things together again. And Jose Sarr has definitely been a big part of that. Um, he's been a really really good keeper in the past, and his consistency is still showing to this day. I think his biggest moment was a was a really really crucial save to deny Burnley the lead. Um, and yeah, he just had an all round good performance. I think he was solid. And when you're building, when a team's building from the back of a strong keeper like him. It just it really makes the difference going forward. So yeah, just mm-hmm. start making yeah. making the team of the week with a with a really really good performance to keep the game 0-0 and uh, earn earn Wolves uh, valuable points. Okay, moving on to our first defender, Matteo. We have um, Robertson from Liverpool. So yeah, we spoke a bit about him earlier on how he's come back into form and starting to really you know do his bit in the Liverpool team. Um, he he's, he's just. He's also an incredibly hard worker. Um, you know, throughout that game, he he not only created the most chances, but he made the most tackles. So, you know, as a as a left back, he's someone who not only can defend extremely well. He's not only someone who can hold in the middle really well, but he's someone who can actually create opportunity at the front. Um, it always pains me when I have to compliment Liverpool players because <laughs> I do I do hate them from the bottom of my heart, but. I must commend any good football, you know, regardless of... If they're good, they're good, you know. If they're good, they're good. they're good, they're good. So, yeah, definitely a deserved spot. Um, you also had two assists um, throughout the game. So, you know, if that doesn't say all, I don't know what does. Um, and, yeah, moving on to our next defender, we have Luke. For our next defender, we have Ruben Dias. Um, just another solid display from him. I mean, Dan's only 24, year old, 24 years old and already looks like an absolute world beater at the back. And not only is he offering some absolute amazing defensive ability, man can absolutely crack in a goal as well. I mean, what, 20, 30, 40 yards out, whatever it was, banger left foot, just put his whole leg through it. And 
honestly, the whole match was also a fantastic dis distributor, making majority of these those long, accurate passes, going out wide to the wings, finding players perfectly fine in Sterling, and deservedly got himself man of the match at the end of the day, and unlucky to keep a clean sheet, but still fantastic performance from him. Okay, and then capping off our last defender, we are playing a 3-4-3, so not playing, our team of the week is a 3-4-3 this week. Uh, so our last defender is Dello. Um, I think you have to, a lot is a lot has to be said about, I think he's, he's 21, 20? 21. 21. 21. So I think a lot has to be said for, for a 21-year-old who really hasn't been in, in, in has been stable in the United side for a long time, yeah. if at all. You know, I mean, he was sent on loan last season, um, coming back now, really getting absolutely no game time under Oli. Um, and first first game kind of under Ralph Rangnick, not really, but last game under Carrick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first game under the influence of Ralph Rangnick, um, getting his, getting a start for uh, in a very one perhaps getting his first start in a very long time, um, and he he made the absolute most of it. I think he was he was really really good. His 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 defensive work was solid. He kept he kept his side of the pitch down. I think he played on the right. Yeah, yeah, he played, kept the, the right side of the pitch absolutely locked down. Um, his 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 forward thinking and his his, his attacking um, prowess was was definitely there. He was pro progressing the ball really really well. His passing was solid. His, his tackling was solid. So yeah, I think again it was unlucky that that I don't think he was to blame at all for 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 conceding two goals. And I think unfortunately that does come down, uh, come as a blemish on his on his record. Even though he wasn't entirely to blame, but yeah, I think really really solid performance from from a young player who who's coming back yeah. into into a lot of potential now under new under the new management. Exactly, um, I think we we definitely going to see a lot more of him. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's the the beginning of our midfield four. We have Madison. So yeah, Madison put in a another man of the match performance. Got the, the equalising goal, goal in the 49th minute, I believe it was. And honestly, he was a very big focal point for Leicester in that game, who, for a game that was kind of back and forth, bit of a mishmash between the two teams, he was kind of someone that Leicester could kind of hang on his shoulder a bit and he would kind of carry them through the throughout throughout the game and obviously get, him, get himself a goal. He had four shots who unlucky to score another one with two on target. But like I said, a focal point for the Leicester team, creating chances, putting those through balls. And honestly, if players like Pat and Dacca and uh, Vardy, Harvey Barnes, if that could be con converting all these chances that he's putting them through, this, this man would be topping the assist charts without a doubt. Okay, moving on to our next midfield that we have, Jordan Henderson. Um, yeah, I think... It's it's easy to to put him straight into the the team of the week, an absolutely banging goal, and he was just he does we we've spoken about him previously and what his job is in that Liverpool side and he did exactly what his job is which is just to be solid, um, um and he got himself a really really nice goal, just solid from him I think again he he might be benefiting quite a, quite a bit from from being in such a informal Liverpool side yeah. but at the same time he's keeping up with the pace you know he's not being left behind he's not yeah. letting, letting them we've often spoke about how um, Henderson he, he's he does his job but by no means is he the most fantastic player there, yes, you know? yes and I think in this game he, he definitely was able to break the boundaries of what he's been playing in the past couple of games and kind of exceed those expectations which is again as much as it's Haunts me to compliment Liverpool players when you see some good football. It's 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 good to see because you know we're not going to complain about good football. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think he's, he's, he's always he's always been one of those players like like you said like in terms of footballing quality like like if you like Thiago, he's not like Thiago on the ball. He's you know, he's, he's not a destroyer like Fabinho, but he's just a solid player. He's one of those players who will always give you a seven out of ten no, yeah. no matter what no matter what the game. He's consistent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he needs to be in the football side, just to kind of keep them ticking. Yeah. Okay, moving into our third of a midfield formata. Cool. So we have another City player. Um, it's hard to keep the City players out of the team of the week. Yeah. Um, 
every week basically because there's always at least one city um, player who who completely outperformed himself. Now, although this wasn't Bernardo Silva's best ever game, he definitely did have um, a very a very clear idea of of how good he is as a player. You know, he's so confident in the middle there, and he's so he he picks up his passes so easily, and he's it's like the ball is attached to his feet. He's so mm-hmm. silky in the way that he does things, um, and, and not in only in the way that he plays on the field, but in his finishing. You just it's. It's elegant and it's clean every single time. And yeah. he is just, he's arguably one of the best players in the league right now. He's mm-hmm. on point. Um, I don't know I don't know if he's going to be one of those Portuguese players who last forever. But I mean, we'll, we, I, I'm, I hope to see more good football from him in the future and for a long time. Because he definitely adds um, a level of football uh, in the Premier League. So yeah, he got one goal for City during the City Aston Villa game, um, just capping off their well, their, their good performance um, and, and obtaining them the three points that they need to keep in the race for top three or the first position rather. Okay, and to finish off our midfield four, Luki, uh, we have Damari Gray. So now you might think it's a bit weird to put in a, a player from a team that lost four one, yeah. especially in a in a derby especially the Merseyside derby, but Damari Gray was definitely the, that silver line in the absolute shit pool of the Everton side they played. And I think without him, honestly, they... Would have been embarrassing. Yeah, yeah been even embarrassing. more embarrassing. It would have been... I would have been scored a goal, probably a 6-0. And, uh, you know, you, watch, you showed his quality and almost that he deserves to be in a better team. Yeah. And... Obviously, he got himself a, a really good, well-taken goal, and just put in work all over the pitch, defensively running back, like we said, right? He was saying in the preview about man was playing on the left, playing on the right, striker. Yeah. Like he was playing probably a centre back as well during that game, and he he left everything out on that pitch, and he he deserved more from that game. Yeah, for sure. Okay, starting with our front three, we have Neil Mope, the shit house himself. Um, I don't think you get anyone else with with a bigger attitude than Mopé. Um, French people, <laughs> French acts, you know, fucking bastards. Um, yeah, so in a Brighton side that's really needed someone that that can finish off finish off chances, who've been absolutely full, 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 full of of, of potential, but no one to cap off the potential. Mopé finally coming into his own and and getting grinding out results. Um, an 89th minute equalizer. Um, in a game that that Brighton really really needed a point from, and he was there to deliver. I think um, he has the ability to do, to be doing better. But when they've desperately needed him, he, he's he's arrived, and he always does it in such a fashion that it's it's in front of his own supporters. You know, he it it, it was it was a banging goal as well. It wasn't just some scrappy centre back finish trickle over the line. It was he he it was con- he was hit with some conviction. Um, so yeah, I think uh, anyone who's, who's who's earning a point in such a dramatic fashion definitely deserves a spot in our team of the week. Okay, our second forward, we have Mateo. We have Ronaldo from United. Um, bagged two goals, had had a really good game in terms of being a great striker. Um, you know, he had a, a decent couple of shots uh, on target and off target, um, but he was getting into incredible positions, and I think. I actually started to see him work a little bit more in terms of getting a bit um, involved yeah. yeah, in the front, more than just kind of sitting a bit like uh, a duck and waiting for the ball to come to him. He was making some good moves as, as, a, as a forward player. So yeah, he obviously scored his 800th goal. Um, with a really good finish coming in from the right hand side of the pitch, coming uh, dead center of the goals, and he fin- finishing it by pushing it to the left hand side, um, and then he gets his eight hundred and first goal um, after a penalty was conceded by the Arsenal side. It was I, I didn't. Why, why do we think he took the penalty? Is it because Fernandez hasn't been? Oh, I think I think he's just I think I think he's just now the penalty taker. Okay. You know, I think he's taken yeah. over from Fernandez. Because, I mean, he took penalties early in the season, hasn't he? Yeah, he did. So, yeah, a good performance from Ronaldo. Obviously, as a United fan, it's always exciting to see 
um, especially after you you wonder maybe was he the right signing at this time. Um, but yeah, happy to see him scoring. I think also um, he's becoming not becoming. He's he's one of the most rounded players in football ever. But I think he's different since he's rejoined United. I think that was probably one of his most rounded performances, where he was pressing really well, he was passing well, he was in the right positions. He was just he looked, he looked yeah. a lot more alive on the pitch. Yeah. So. Again, coming along with this whole this new problem. and uplifted mentality for the United side with uh, the new manager yeah. overlooking the game, not not managing it, but overlooking it. Yeah. Okay, and then our final uh, forward, uh, Luki. We have Rafinha, and sure, what a what a game between Leeds and Crystal Palace. It was Leeds. Leeds were giving me very much the Brighton vibes, <laughs> where. Like complete XG is through the roof. They expected goals, just dominating possession. Rafinha also just constantly throughout the match running running at that Crystal Palace defense, turn them inside out, but just couldn't get that, that final touch in. And then finally, at the death, um, off a little deflection off a I think it was Guehi's arm, straight perfect, uh, definitely a penalty. And Rafinha steps up, 93rd minute. Honestly, a lot of players get let the pressure get to them, and yeah. Rafinha didn't didn't even stutter with this penalty. Just actually sent it in, and gave Leeds the deserved win. And again, Rafinha is also a player that's playing better than what this Leeds side is performing, yeah. and should, and just showing the level that he's can reach. I think probably one of the most important three points that Leeds can would have yeah. gotten this season so yeah, far. Absolutely. Bringing them out of the relegation zone and stuff. Yeah. So that, that's definitely... Which, yeah, because they desperately need, yeah. needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then you can't have a team without a manager. So, Mateo, take us away. Cool. So, for this week's manager of the team, we have Uncle Carrick. Um, <laughs> we had him in the, 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 the... Two games ago. Two, two weeks ago, we had him as our manager as well but I mean you, you can't not have him he's <laughs> although he only had three games at United as um, caretaker manager you know he did an incredible job 2-0 against Villarreal 1-1 um, against Chelsea top of the league and then you have a 3-2 win over Arsenal I mean what a brilliant record yeah um, and to end off his career at United um, he left after the Arsenal England um, Arsenal United game um, and I think, you know, he can definitely give himself a pat on the shoulder. Not only did he perform as an incredible United player back in the day, but he, he, he definitely made some good changes and has brought a new spirit to the United squad over the three games that he actually had. So, yeah, good to see that from him. And the final time that we can say um, his name as the manager of the week. I would like to give that just a little, little shout, something spicy. Carrick. Should be in the conversation with your Lampard Gerald Skulls debate. Sure, okay, maybe uh, maybe some controversy for a future episode here. I don't know, just uh, keep keep an eye on that one, boys. Keep an eye on that one, boys. But yeah, thank you so much uh, for for tuning in for episode eighteen. We really appreciate your support. Uh, you can support us by telling your friends, family, aunties, uncles, uh, goldfish, and teachers. We would appreciate it. And yeah, have a good one, guys. Thanks, cheers. Cheers.